Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Negotiation. On today's show, we speak with Shen Shen Tung, Global Business Lead Canada at Alibaba. This was a fantastic opportunity to talk to somebody from the largest e-commerce company in the world that operates outside of China. We spoke about Tmall and Tmall Global, both the international shoppers and local Chinese, and some noticeable trends that have been shaped by COVID-19. We also talked about how and why COVID-19 changed purchasing habits and drove offline employees online as live streaming agents for brands instead of in-store clerks. We talked about what solutions Alibaba offers new brands on its platform given the changed environment and what the future looks like for the ecosystem. We spoke about tactics for driving brand growth, how to build a brand's personality into their 360 degree marketing plans, and described what hero products are. We then discussed what product categories are moving fastest up the scale on both sides of the ocean in consumer demand. And we did it all in almost 20 minutes. Enjoy. For example, if a uh, cosmetic brand, we can actually, you have a magic mirror. It's building within a Tmall and flagship store. And then so you can use the AR to test your makeup using the magic mirror and uh, with different lipstick color and everything. So you don't really have to go to a physical store to try all the lipstick because now it's not safe. And then with those AR technology and online tools, it's easier to help the consumer to make a decision. Home to over 4 billion people, the Asia-Pacific region boasts one of the most powerful consumer markets on the planet. Not only is it home to half the world's under 30 population, but it's also home to more than half the world's internet users. It's a market no globally-minded brand should ignore. But entering markets like China is no easy task. Just ask the likes of Microsoft, Google, Uber, and Facebook. Times are changing, and with the right partners, doors are slowly opening as more and more companies find success expanding into the markets of the Middle Kingdom. I myself spent eight years in China, mostly as a venture capitalist, helping early-stage tech companies enter the Asia-Pacific market successfully. This show is dedicated to uncovering and examining successful China entry and growth strategies by interviewing the people behind those success stories. My name is Todd Embley, and welcome to The Negotiation, brought to you by WPIC Marketing and Technologies. Shan Shan, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, Thanks for having me. You are the global business lead of Canada. When did you join Alibaba, and what is the Canadian office's role? I joined Alibaba in 2016, and then we opened the Alibaba Canada office in Vancouver about 2018. And then for um, our Vancouver office and Canada team, we mainly have two main goals. One is to help Canadian brands to sell to China and really help the smaller and the less known brands and to sell to China through our e-commerce platform. And the other mandate we have is to promote cross-border tourism and also an Alipay online enablement and also in-store enablement to help the merchant to get more transaction volume and also to leverage our online travel platform to get more tourists to come to Canada. So that's mainly our mandate in Canada. So my role is the lead for Alibaba Global Business in Canada. And then mostly in charge of um, strategic partnership and the um, group level collaboration among different business units between Canada office and headquarters and also of all the integrated marketing leveraging Alibaba ecosystem. 
It's interesting that you mentioned part of your role is to help cross-border travel uh, for more tourism in Canada. Alibaba today is so much more than what it used to be and what a lot of us still think it to be, which is an e-commerce company. How would you describe Alibaba as a company today? Um, I think you are, you asked a really good question. And so now we don't really call it as an e-commerce company. We call it Alibaba Digital Economy. So we cover from marketplace, logistic platform, payment service, marketing platform, cloud computing, big data, lifestyle, entertainment industry, and health. So we really like with our mission, make it easy to do business anywhere. So now we're really, we started from e-commerce 20 years ago, but now we really call out that digital economy. Yeah, you're right. That makes a lot more sense as a description of Alibaba as a company today. It is so widespread and in so many different things. 2020 has so far been one of the most unique years on record. Tell us about Tmall so far in 2020. Oh, that's a really big question. I'm not, and it's with so many um, Black Swan events and then so many things happening. Things are changing like uh, every every day or every hour, right? But what I can share with Timo is there's a lot of trends we notice on Timo. And then, so the first trend we notice is the live streaming. So more and more people, because the COVID situation, are spending more time and on the platform watching long YouTube, uh, long videos and stuff. And then we noticed a growing trend of people kind of like uh, follow uh, live streaming, those celebrities kill us. And the second trend I noticed is the closer integration of online stores, online Timo store with their offline stores on the department store. And then as share with you something interesting during the COVID period, because the store was completely shut down in China, all the department store offline uh, stores were all shut down. Same with Vancouver here. And what happened is those department store associates, they actually become live streaming person. They're streaming from like the counter and showing everyone the um, products, how to use and everything. And those associates actually become QLs on our platforms. So that's something, the trends we can see, definitely there's more people are gonna leverage live streaming or influence through like a longer video to change the consumer behaviors. And we also notice there's a more, and with the growing demand of middle class um, on Timor, we notice a growing demand on health products and then a Canadian products are really known for it and high quality and then pure and then like uh, really environmental friendly and everything. So um, on Timo, the popular category on Timo Global actually is health beauty and health personal care, health wellness and baby, mother and baby products. So I think Canada has a huge potential on Timo for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the international segment or demographic of of users, of sellers, of consumers. Uh, and tell us a little bit more about uh, the difference between Tmall, Tmall Global, and their users and some of the trends and so on. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can give you a little background on a consumer profile on Tmall, Tmall Global, because Tmall Global, uh, mostly um, we have team uh, grounded here in Canada and the US and help to the brands to source product into China. So around 46% consumers are new middle class. 
and they wanted the best for the family. They want to prioritize safety and quality and the popular products are infant formula and baby good. And then over 60% are young millennials. They're around like 30 or less, slightly less than 30. And they want a new experience and like a lifestyle and they want to last. They're like less price sensitive than other groups. So the popular products among those young millennials are sports shoes and also alcohol. And then the, um, the third biggest group we have is Generation Z, which are the groups less than 25 years old. They are really prioritized on the style, they follow celebrity influencer, QLs, endorsements, the popular products are celebrity branded items, and also um, some of the model kits. And those data um, are based on our Timo Global and CBN data. Did you refer to a segment as the new middle class? What is that? Yes, we call it a new middle class. It's around 46% customers that we call it a new middle class because that's the growing middle class. And they kind of want the best for the family. They prioritize safety and quality. Does that then mean that there also exists an old middle class? Yeah, they, they definitely are, right? And then they're like, uh, they say, and they are people like, uh, but those people, they rely on the new middle class to shop for them. Because the new middle class not only shop for the kids, they shop for the entire family, their parents. Would you point to the reason behind that being a technology barrier? Yeah, exactly. Like my parents, like they still use, they have all the apps and everything, but sometimes they're for them, like, because, uh, you know, the Chinese app, they change on a daily basis for them. When they're like uh, almost 60, they are not really uh, tech savvy. So they rely us to give them the most information, other things for them and everything. That must then change how brands are marketing their products if their products are designed for, let's call them the old middle class. That has to change how, you know, you want the old middle class to want them, but you also have to help the young, the new middle class understand where and how and how much they should be spending and which are good products and which are not good products. So the whole marketing scheme must change, would it not? Exactly, because uh, when you see the three major groups, you notice they're like all the new middle class and the millennials and the generation Z. So all the marketing and everything really have to make uh, more tailor-made to and the end consumer, the, the, per, the, the, the end consumer who actually is purchasing the product. And then also, and you probably would know, mostly a female are purchasing a lot of stuff for their husband, for the boyfriend. So a lot of marketing really has to tailor made to the person who is actually making the clicking the shopping button beside the mobile app. Great. Thanks for that, Shen Shen. Let's go back to talking about the unique year uh, that we're experiencing right now. And can you tell us a little bit about the Chinese consumers here in 2020? And we definitely see a continued growth in the e-commerce and then with the COVID situation and with the closer integration and offline online. And then we can see um, like the online shopping e-commerce still going. And then we see definitely everyone like we, um, it's always been a mobile centric for Chinese consumers. Over 90% the purchase is done over mobile. And then that trend is still going. And then I definitely see more AI integrated in, into our um, daily life and also through e-commerce. And a lot, lot, lot of trends for the Chinese e-commerce website, for sure. 
Given that I think we can all agree we are not going to be rebounding and fully recovering from COVID anytime soon, let's talk a bit about purchasing habits. Uh, Purchasing habits in China, how have consumers adapted? Yeah, for sure. And then um, I think COVID definitely changed a lot of the trends for 2020 and it changed a lot of consumer behavior. Consumers spend more time on videos. They have more time at home. They don't really go out and shop offline. And then even when the COVID is kind of over in China after the end of March, but people are still concerned. People uh, tend to stay home. They want to do contactless. And then we found like uh, our live streaming platform we saw a sharp rise in the brand activity for the like uh, past few months as the merchants slow resumed their operations, looking for new ways to reach consumers in the COVID outbreak. And then in early February, I can share like in the our Taobao live streaming sessions on platform had increased by over 100% compared with the same period last year. So it's kind of like during the growth is a surge of business and using online tools to maintain the sales engagement with consumers while the physical store remained shut down, shut down and the millions were like kind of like confined to home and to prevent the spread, right? So a lot of brands, they kind of leverage a lot of online tools we're providing like live streaming is definitely one of the key ones. They feel like that's the only way they can sell the products during the COVID shutdown. Has Alibaba and any of its technologies had to change anything in the back end as far as the processes or registrations are getting set up uh, to help international companies further be successful on the Alibaba, in the Alibaba ecosystem due to COVID-19? I think what we did during the COVID period is definitely first is we kind of like starting to lower a lot of fees. We lowered the um, like security deposit fee and we uh, lower a lot of maintenance fee, everything for the brands, new brands kind of want to enter the China market. So we're really trying to help like smaller uh, Canadian brands who want to enter our platform, giving them a more affordable um, pricing structure. And then also we have like uh, online streaming platforms and also uh, marketing, third-party marketing, different marketing agencies. And we will handpick those ones um, based on the brand's needs. And then we also have different platform solutions to suit brand's needs and especially for U.S. and Canada. And a lot of people just never know how to enter the China market. So depends on different uh, situations. We have um, custom-made solutions for each individual brand. And we have a BD team on the ground helping brands. So feel free to reach out to any of and the regional office, or you can reach out to me for a Canadian brand. To the best of your knowledge, did COVID drive any changes on the shipping and handling and warehousing side of things where we had to improve our efforts to get products to consumers in a safe and sanitized way? Yeah, we, we actually lost a really good question. Like, unfortunately, in Canada, we do not have a warehouse yet. And so a lot of things we are kind of happen, like everything you mentioned would happen actually in China under China logistics. And then with inbound and outbound warehouses, they're taking all the necessary steps, make everything is fully sent, like um, fully safe when before it reached to the consumer hands. 
What does the future look like for the e-commerce ecosystems in the Alibaba galaxy? Oh, yeah. Like uh, from my perspective, um, so with the current situation and then we definitely see a lot of trends like I shared earlier, like live streaming and everything. First is definitely the closer integration of online and offline. And then Jack caught a new retail. The second part, I think definitely, like I shared earlier, is the increasing leverage of AI and online tools to help the merchants to better customize the product and then to reach individual consumers and more like uh, customize the product, reach out to the consumers and online. So I think um, we also have a lot of, we, we kind of invest a lot of resource and everything to um, upgrade our team or platform to um, like uh, increase, uh, improve the shopping experience within the flagship store on their team or on our platform. How is Alibaba leveraging artificial intelligence, both for the vendors, both big and small, and for the consumers? Yeah, for sure. So we actually, with the online tools, um, we were doing AI and like AR, VR, and the 3D features. For example, if a uh, cosmetic brand, we can actually, you have a magic mirror. It's building within a Tmall and flagship store. And then so you can use the AR to test your makeup using the magic mirror and with different lipstick color and everything. So you don't really have to go to a physical store to try all the lipstick because now it's not safe. And then with those AR technology and online tools, it's easier to help the consumer to make a decision and online at home. Tmall is offered different ways to boost engagement with consumers. And then they have the brand loyalty scores. And then they have the fan club. They're building those online. Because Tmall leverage a lot of communities, online communities. And then we kind of offer those brand loyalty scores and also fan clubs and different tools and videos. And then to share with all the consumers who actually click to the, flex and the flagship shop page. And then this way really help to boost the loyalty of the consumers. And then they have a sense of a community. And also those that so, uh, this associates who work at offline store, they actually have a second job now. They're doing live streaming. So they actually maintain a group of like loyalty customers and they will share all the new products, everything. So they actually become the KOLs online and to share in the fan club on Tmall, which is very interesting. We'll, we'll, that's what Timo are helping those brands during the most difficult time. Would leveraging things like posting into the fan clubs work in North America just as well? Yeah, and for those fan clubs, because our for Timo how it works, the end user are the consumers in China. So the brands are North American, right? And then so usually in North America, you work with different marketing agencies or partners in China or outside of China to help you to design different go-to-market strategy. And so they can implement different tactics based on um, your product. What tactics are brands using to drive growth? Yeah, I think I want to share like the content, the content strategy marketing is really the key in winning China. A well-planned 360-degree content strategy across all content channels to educate a consumer on the key value proposition of your produce. It's kind of like a pre-requirement to win in the e-commerce landscape 
like 小红书、微博、抖音、TikTok, and then all the fashion magazines and Taobao live streaming. And then there are a lot of like I have to do a lot of like a short video channel. The I think the content hub is like you. I think you need to find a. We will help you to find a marketing partner, an agency, team or partner, and then can really customize those tech tactics and then to build a like winning content in China. I think that's the most important part when you in terms of go to market street and、um, uh, strategy. How would a brand be able to build into their 360 degree marketing plan who they are, what they stand for, and be able to deliver that across to their customers through the Alibaba channels? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. But it's really tailor made. It has to be tailor made, analyzed for different brands, different products, and then so if your brand depends, right? When Costco first started in China. They're really starting with selling their like hero products like nuts and stuff, and same with some of the skincare part and、um, like brands. They start with their um selling their cleansing gel. So it depends on what kind of like strength your hair、uh, you have and your hero product and the type of business you are in. Really, the content marketing, the mainstream social medias, like a really um really. It's kind of like a co-creation, and also you always want to test the water by leveraging different, like a mainstream social platform, and see which way works better. And you invest more money into that different social platforms. Would you mind quickly just explaining what a hero product is to our listeners? Yeah, I, I would say their most popular product and the the product they have the most confidence in. I think those ones can be the hero product. What product categories from North America have seen the biggest bump due to COVID, and what product categories are seeing the same coming from China on something like Tmall Global? Yeah, I can talk from like um, um, North American or Canada perspective. Is、uh, we notice there is a growing need for health and beauty and personal care, baby, mother and baby. Definitely, those ones are really popular. Also, pet food. And then, and also recently, I think there's a new trend about plant-based, like uh, uh, milk and stuff, and those ones can be also very popular. And also, hair losing some of the supplements for hair losing, I know we know there's a trend in that category as well. So I think, yeah, like I think health and personal care, wellness are kind of like a trend going forward. And I think Canada brands are kind of known for it's like a strong、um, products in those categories. Shen Shen, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. We loved all your insights, and best of luck driving Alibaba here in Canada. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Growing a company is hard. Doing it in a foreign market, exponentially so. The best piece of advice I can give you is not to do it alone. When you start looking across the pond for further expansion possibilities, and I sincerely hope that you do, make sure you choose the right partners to do it with. My good friends at WPIC Marketing and Technologies have almost 20 years of experience helping brands just like yours enter China. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the negotiation. And if you're interested in being a guest or want to connect with me or any of our team, please reach out to us at podcast at wpic.co. And be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Zai Jing.